Hello, and welcome back to the Meals by Madeline podcast. I know you guys haven't heard from me in so long, and that honestly was just because last year I didn't really have a place to record the podcast that I felt comfortable, especially with COVID and everything. I'm sure y'all understand it was a crazy year, but I am so excited to be settled into college, back on my A-game, and I am ready to share a lot with you guys. I have lots of topics that I want to talk about, and I'm really, really excited. Also, one thing to keep in mind for all my episodes is that I'm not a professional. A lot of these topics and stories and tips are literally from my own experience. Um, I'm just a girl in college, but I think that a lot of these will be really practical and hopefully ease some of your anxieties. That's the whole goal. So without further ado, I am just going to jump right in. Can we stop normalizing eating disorders in college? Like, please. So today we are going to answer this question, dive deep into the prevalence of this on college campuses, and have a whole bunch of other advice for my college girls out there. And even of any age, this is an issue that is prevalent at any age. Um, But first, I'm going to start with my experience and how this affected me and why it is so, so important to me to discuss this. Um, So when I first got to college, and even before the summer before, I would watch videos about this on YouTube, hear about it on social media all the time, and it was always the freshman 15. Um, How do you avoid it? How to keep it off? Um, Everything surrounding that, it was the focus. Um, And on TikTok, I've talked about this a lot. It's the whole um, theme of my account, but I struggled with anorexia and bulimia for about seven years, as well as an exercise addiction. Um, So these comments and this whole topic was very much so on my mind before I even got there, before I was even close to being in college, if I'm being honest. It's just what I heard of when I heard about college, which isn't that sad because the whole point of college is to go to school and learn and grow as an individual and mature. Um, But no, I just wanted to stay skinny and I was very, very anxious um, going into college. And When I got there, I mean, although you shouldn't let what other people think control you, you shouldn't let what other people say make you do anything, it can't make you, but when you are in an active eating disorder, you just can't shut those thoughts out. It's, it's It's a neurological thing that is your only focus no matter what. I know it sounds sad if you've never dealt with that, but literally that is your whole world, is keeping your weight the same, losing weight, being in those behaviors. Um, So yeah, it really affected me, and I was constantly sick my freshman year. I had a really, really intense um, relapse that year in my eating disorder. Um, I was literally a hot mess express, and a lot of that was for what to look good in a shirt 
or whatever good was to me at that point. Um, which at that point I was so enthralled in social media and diet culture that like success was skinny. Like that's, that's just how I thought. Um, and I ended up missing out on freshman year in a lot of ways. Even if I was present, I wasn't actually present, engaging and having fun. Um, it just, it was awkward and people could tell, and I knew people could tell I really didn't make any friends first semester of freshman year. Um, and thankfully I decided to choose recovery that year, obviously. Uh, and I'm doing amazing now. I'm fully recovered, can confidently say I'll never go back to that life, but that was my whole world for a really long time. And it just got exacerbated when I got to college. Um, and then after, I mean, COVID hit my second semester, right after I rushed a sorority and I had to go home. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't remember barely anything. Like I wasted so much time. I didn't even remember what I was doing in school half the time because I was just in such fight or flight, just trying to make it from one thing to the next. Um, so as you can see, this one anxiety, this one focus in my life on weight trickled down and affected every single aspect of my life, my health, my relationships, my schoolwork, my work. I couldn't work. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Um, so yeah, after I figured all this stuff out, especially when it um, surrounds like socializing and, and when I realized that the things I'm going to talk about today are not normal, it freed up my whole world. Life became a lot more fun, and I started understanding why people love college. So, yeah, um, but comments about the freshman 15 are just, they're just one aspect um, of the prevalence of eating disorders on college campuses. There are so many more. It goes a lot deeper, um, so I'm going to share with you guys what I've noticed. I am going to discuss specific behaviors that I've seen um, just because I really want to state that they're not normal and um, they're not healthy. But if you are in a vulnerable place and you feel that hearing behaviors or um, anything about weight or food could be triggering to you, skip ahead um, a couple minutes and we will talk about how it affects other people. So the first thing is excessive drug use. And I have mostly seen this with women through stimulant drugs, such as cocaine, Adderall, even coffee. Um, and the scarier part is that a lot of this goes hand in hand with alcohol consumption, which is extremely dangerous. It's not talked about often enough. Um, I was on stimulant medication for my ADHD for a long time, and um, I didn't even know that you can't combine, like, stimulants with alcohol. Like, that's really dangerous. So I think a lot of that goes with being uneducated, but also I really truly think that no matter what, no matter if people are saying, oh, it's for fun, I think a lot of that use is to control one's body weight. Um and to suppress the effects of not fueling our bodies. So 
that is one that I see literally all the time. It is so incredibly prevalent. Um, and I think that it is more prevalent than people even realize. Um, the next one would is like literally the most common one, starving oneself um, to save calories for drinking. This is huge. It's discussed all the time in the bars and just everything. Um, next would be purposefully not eating to not bloat. Um, so a lot of this goes with like not eating, but for different purposes. So this one is really interesting because it doing that behavior actually does the opposite. So we're going to go into depth with that more later on. Um, but that is a complete myth that people are obsessed with doing. Next, we have excessive alcohol consumption or not eating specifically in order to feel more intoxicated, which I mean, as women puts us in an extremely vulnerable, dangerous position, even if you think nothing's going to happen, I think enough said, it's not, it's not responsible. Um, And no judgment, you know, like, stuff happens to everybody, some days you're gonna, you're gonna fuck up. um, And that's fine. But doing these behaviors in order to feel more intoxicated is self-destructive and it's really dangerous. Um, next would be bragging about amounts eaten throughout the day, what they, what you ate for dinner, um, bragging at the bars to other women, hear this all the time, lots of comparison going on there. Um, so these are just some of the ones I could think of off the top of my head. It's very clear that weight gain and weight is on most women's mind all the time. And like I said earlier, the sad thing about that is you're missing out on college. Like you're spending all this money to go to college, to have fun and to learn. And you're missing out even though you're there. Um, So those are all the behaviors and topics that I've noticed. And now we are going to discuss how these behaviors affect the body and bust some myths. So... Like I said earlier, it's really important to learn how to not let what other people say or do affect you. Like that is very important. It's a part of maturity. Um, But at the same time, I think as human beings, it's really important that we we know and understand how some of the things that we do unconsciously could affect other people. Um, It's really important to have empathy and I think especially after the pandemic, I mean, you never, ever know what people are going through. That could be eating-wise, health-wise, anything, any aspect of one's life. You really don't know, and I think we should all do whatever we can to avoid hurting the people around us, whether we're friends with them or not, because you never know if what you say or do could stick with someone for a long time. So... One of the main ways that I see these affecting people is obviously people with eating disorders, but I really want to highlight that you can never truly tell based on looking at someone whether or not they have an eating disorder. This is why it's so important. Like you never know what people are going through, but especially with eating disorders, we know that they come in all shapes, all sizes, and are extremely prevalent in today's world. Um, 
especially after the pandemic, the stats are incredibly devastating, just the mental health effects of this and, and on eating disorders and prior eating disorders. It's been a shit show for a lot of people. And we need to understand that eating disorders do not have a look. Um, saying that is incredibly uneducated. We already know that. Um, they come in every form and every severity. So that's the first thing. Another thing that is so important to keep in mind um, when discussing things like this is that college is a particularly stressful time. Um, It is so stressful. Honestly, I didn't even know what stress was before I got to college. When I was in high school, I thought I was stressed. No. Um, When you get to college, you have full course load, you have organizations, maybe you're in a sorority, a fraternity, you have your socializing with your friends, you have like random friends that you have from class and need to meet up with for group work, you have work, you have finding time for meals, you have grocery shopping for your first time for yourself and and independence and all these things. It's very stressful and it's very, very new. So that makes it kind of a perfect storm for developing an eating disorder. So that is something to really keep in mind, especially if you are kind of struggling and you're like, I don't really know, like, is this an eating disorder? Is this not? Don't even, don't even worry about that because I mean, if you are struggling with disordered eating in college, it's such a stressful time and you deserve to get support. Another thing that it leads to is anxiety about socializing, and then this kind of goes into isolating oneself to avoid eating or to allow yourself to eat, because I know some people who do both. They isolate themselves so that they can just live their normal life and not feel like they're the odd one out um, taking care of their bodies, or they have so much anxiety about socializing that they just don't want to because they don't want to look good and or they don't want to not look good. And the sad thing is, is like missing out on those things is just going to make you feel worse either way. Like it's so much more fun to just go out and have fun. But a lot of times these worries literally inhibit us from doing what we want to do. And then lastly, which is the biggest, is just generally missing out on college. I think there is such an emphasis on partying and being hot in college more so than high school in my experience um maybe that's just based off the culture of the school that I go to but I do think that it's real it's a real thing and at the end of the day that is the least important thing about college I mean what you look like like how skinny you are, what your hair color is, that is the least important thing about you, the least interesting thing about you. Um, But if you try to make that the only thing that people see, you're literally just drowning out who you are. Like you're just putting all this weight and all this misery onto yourself and you're not expressing who you really are. That's no fun at all. And it inhibits you from making real friends. It might lead to toxic friendships. It's just, like I've said many times, it's a ripple effect. Um, But generally missing out on college is a huge thing.
when I was a freshman, I think one of the reasons why I continuously engaged in toxic behavior surrounding going out over and over and over again, although I knew that they were bad and I knew I felt like crap, was because I thought this behavior was normal. It was what all my friends were doing. It was what basically everybody I surrounded myself was doing. And obviously that was based off of who I was surrounding myself with and um, the stage of life that we were all in. No judgments ever, um, especially because freshman year is hard AF. Um, But I really thought it was normal. I wanted to emphasize though that these behaviors are not normal. Not at all. Especially because they're not sustainable. It makes socializing unfun. And overall, it leads to bad things, whether you want to admit it or not. It's dangerous and eventually you will get sick and tired of it. And I feel like at that point, people either stop going out or they kind of let go of that. And my friends and I have talked about this, how at a certain point we're just like, F this, like this is, it's so toxic. We're just over it. But I know a lot of women might go through all four years thinking that you have to starve yourself if you want to go out. You have to look stick thin if you want to wear a crop top. That is literally a total lie. And based off of things we see in the media, it's untrue. And I wanted to share this statistic um, because I think it says a lot. So studies have shown that approximately 30% of women in their early 20s are skipping meals so they can drink more. So obviously that is way too many, a third of college women, holy cow, but two thirds of women are not doing that. Um, So that's really important to remember. Not everybody is doing this. In fact, most people do not. Uh, You don't have to kill yourself in order to socialize. It's, It's not nice, not nice to your body. So going off of that, we are going to talk about how these behaviors affect the body. But first, I want to shed light on the fact that these kind of behaviors have a term and a definition. So when an alcohol use disorder, which could be as severe as blacking out every single night or not severe at all, um, when that is combined with eating disorder behaviors, it's literally just a recipe for disaster. So it is called drunkorexia. Um, It is a term that is categorized by the replacement of meals with alcohol. Um, And although this term isn't used in a clinical setting, a lot of the times um, people do use this term and you can get help for it. There is treatment and help available. It is widely known that this is an issue and an issue that goes unnoticed. But we are going to talk about how this disorder and even how these behaviors in the short term affect the body. So the first one is rapid rise in blood alcohol. This one is obvious, but I don't think a lot of people realize we absorb 80% of alcohol that we drink through the small intestine. So if there's nothing in there, um, 
you already know. It's just not good. Next would be destruction of the stomach lining and the small intestine. So you have lots of little cilia and goodness and um, probiotics and crap in your stomach and alcohol in my opinion, disintegrates that. I had so much stomach issues um, back in the day, and I really think that toxic behaviors played a role in that. Like, my health is a lot better now. So one thing to keep in mind, it can cause stomach and bloating issues that are very severe in the future, even if it doesn't in the moment. Next would be a lowered metabolism which I know that most people may not want to hear, but it is true. There is something that happens in the body called alcoholic ketoacidosis. Symptoms of this are passing out, vomiting, all that kind of stuff. And it is a sign of a lowered metabolism because your body is literally like, what the F? Um, And then kind of going off of the stomach lining and intestine thing, not eating before drinking, like I said earlier, literally causes bloating. It leads to inflammation and irritation in the stomach. And it's sad because a lot of girls are so obsessed with these behaviors to avoid this one specific thing. So the reason that this happens is because alcohol depletes your body of water and how the kidneys or and the kidneys have to kick into overdrive, which leads to so much inflammation Um, You're not able to excrete waste if your organs literally aren't working correctly. So, yeah, that's enough said on that. (laughs) Um, Next would be specifically zinc deficiencies and electrolyte deficiencies, which is really dangerous. Like, electrolyte deficiencies is literally how people die. It often goes, like, under-talked about because it may not... It might not seem that it's common, but you might not even really realize if this is happening and you're intoxicated, right? So it's really important to know this beforehand. Um, But zinc deficiencies especially are prevalent with hair loss and things like um, eyesight, just decline, brittle nails, everything. And then lastly, um, if an individual is not getting enough food from calories, and they're just getting calories from alcohol, that's a lot of empty calories. So it's going to run right through you, and it basically just pulls all the good good stuff out of your body. So it leads to a high risk for dehydration, vitamin depletion, and other physical and mental illnesses. So overall, these behaviors clearly have a massive effect on the body, and even though you may not see these signs all the time right now, in the future, especially after prolonged disorder, like bad, it can get real bad. Um, but the good news is you can get help for eating disorders and alcohol use disorders combined and this term drunkorexia. Um, and I think the most important thing is to know when you need to get help, when it is time to go and see someone, seek out a school counselor, um, even like an app like BetterHelp, just start somewhere. So next we are going to go through the warning signs that it is time to get help. And this information is from the Center for Discovery Eating Disorder Treatment Center. Um, So
So I'm just going to go straight down the list. The first one is worrying excessively about weight gain and body image, taking frequent trips to the bathroom after meals to engage in self-induced vomiting, engaging in extreme diets and excessive exercise regimes, using laxatives or diuretics to lose weight, um, eating excessive amounts of food in two hours or so, followed by feelings of guilt, low self-esteem, depression, poor coping skills, inadequate feelings of being accepted, fear of losing control, and obviously excessive drinking and behaviors that I listed um, up above. If these are happening frequently, um, even weekly, even monthly, it might be time to talk to somebody. So next, I am going to share what you can do instead, how to navigate this, and how I really learned how to block out the noise and just live my life and have fun. So like I said earlier, um, for me personally, I got to a point where I was just like, F this, I feel like crap, I can't do this anymore. But that mindset came through my own recovery. I had so much work to do, um, neural rewiring about my beliefs surrounding food and my body and everything like that, which I wish I could tell you exactly how to do in this one episode, but unfortunately I can't. But I think number one, the thing that you should do instead is to target the main issue, which is the eating disorder, the confidence, the self-esteem. In order to be able to be confident in your body and who you are, no matter what you eat, you have to do that work and you have to basically change your whole mindset. Um, But with talking to a professional, that can be one thing that is super, super helpful. My therapist, I have been with her for three years now and she is amazing. So find a therapist, even a dietitian, they can really, really help. So habits that you can do, let's talk about some habits that you can do to be more comfortable when you go out and even take away some of this anxiety. So first of all, to avoid bloating, eat food, literally. Um, Like I said earlier, when you don't eat, your body bloats more because you can't pass waste. So in order to keep everything moving, it's really important to eat throughout the day um, and just live your normal life. I have found that I have the most fun when I had just like a normal day and go out. So um, not only is it more fun, but you will feel so much better and even not be as bloated. Uh, Another thing that can be really helpful for bloating, feeling good, making sure that you're staying healthy when you're going out is to have potassium beforehand before going out. Um, This helps electrolyte levels, which really helps with things like inflammation and dehydration, all that kind of stuff, because we know that dehydration in of itself can also lead to inflammation, especially in the face. So drinking a Gatorade, lots of water, stuff like that. Uh, Another thing that I would recommend is not to do coffee right before. Um, It dehydrates you again. Another one is to sleep, making sure that you are prioritizing sleep over going out. Because like I've said many times, like at the end of the day, you're at college to learn and to grow. Um, And going out is really fun. It's one of the best aspects of college. But 
if other areas of your life are falling apart for this one thing, it's probably not very good for you or your mental health. Um, and lastly, give yourself permission. Um, this is something that I talk about with eating disorder recovery too with my girls on TikTok, but it's really, really important that you learn how to give yourself permission to just live, to just eat. Um, because at the end of the day, you are your own best friend. Um, my mom always talks to me about this. Like, at the end of the day, we only have ourselves. So if you don't have your own back, who's going to? Uh, give yourself the permission and the love and acceptance enough so that you can just live your life and then go out and have that be a secondary thing. Um, the whole point of going out is to socialize and be with your friends If you feel like the people that you're going out with are toxic or they're influencing you to do toxic things or you are being an influence to other people, um, I think it's really, it's a good idea to do some self-reflection, some journaling and to really be like, okay, I'm allowed to eat normally and still go out. I am allowed to do what everybody else is doing because I'm worthy just as everybody else is. And I deserve to live my college experience to the fullest. Um, like I said, like you never, ever know what's going to happen. I mean, the pandemic took us all by surprise and we all had to go home and that really sucked. It really, really sucked, but it taught me that you should never, ever take these years for granted. Um, and engaging in behaviors that hurt ourselves and are self-deprecating. It just, it's not healthy. It, it hurts us in the end. So with that being said, I hope this episode gave you some clarity. I hope that it showed you that we need to stop normalizing the eating disorders in college. It affects people. Um, it affects you, the listener. It's an issue that we as a collective need to put an effort to change. Um, And I think that's the only way. I mean, us as women, we've got to have each other's backs. Um, We've got to build each other up because we're strong and we can do anything if we want to. So with that being said, I hope you guys have an amazing day. I hope again that this was helpful and I'll see you next time. Bye.